You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group Line Realty Studio in West Monroe. It is Wednesday morning around 8 o'clock or so. It is time for our weekly visit with ULM head basketball coach Keith Richard. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. What up, Coach? How you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? i, I got to admit, I've enjoyed these conversations over the last couple of weeks. Can we get this thing uh, just keep having it rolling along? <laughs> it's always a lot, a lot uh, more fun when, uh, when you're winning, no doubt about it. Well, you've had a chance to, and you want to keep this thing rolling, but reflect on uh, just how you guys have put this together. You know, and we talked at the beginning of the year, and it was just you were thinking we're just that close to putting it all together. Now that you have put it together, what's it like, and then what's it like coming to practice as the kids are fully engaged and all in now? Well, practices are, uh, you know, practice has always been good, actually, with this group. We got a good group of guys, and, 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 you know, we say it all the time amongst our staff, you know, this, this group, and it's really been like this the last, you know, last year and even this year, they'll, they'll do whatever I ask them to do, you know. And, and, uh, and, and so that's been a feather in their cap kind of all along. The, the, <clears throat> what you want to see is when you have a group that really tries to do what you ask them to do uh, is that they see some success you know, sooner or later because of it. And, and, and while it took a little while, uh, no doubt about it, uh, it's good to see them having success. Uh, it's good to see smiles on their faces. Uh, it's good to see uh, the things that uh, we've talked about and work on, actually, you know, work out there. And, and uh, so it's kind of, uh, you know, refreshing to, uh, see that end of it, the other the other side of it uh, with this group, because it's been a good group of guys. The core group's been together here, you know, a year and a half or, or so, and so I'm I'm happy for them that they're that they're enjoying and 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 seeing some success. Of course, uh, Travis Munnings has been a big part of this program for the course of the last uh, three years. Last week we talked about Sam McDaniel being named the Player of the Week. We said, of course, that Travis Munnings could have shared it with him. Well, look at what happens. Travis goes out, has two more great <laughs> ball games. He's named the Sun Belt Conference Player of the Week. How nice was it to see him being honored for his efforts? Uh, very. I mean, he could have got it last week. It was that close with Sam McDaniel. The, the statistics were almost identical, and and so for him to follow it up again with uh, uh, with two really good performances, uh, you know, he's playing well now. He's playing really well. He's shooting the ball well. Just like Sam McDaniel, and you got to remember these guys. You know they're they're six six or so, six five, six six, and and they're hard matchups when they're shooting the ball. Well, very hard matchups because the way we we play, uh, a lot of times some bigger guys have to guard them, and they've got to come out on the floor on them. It makes it tough tough matchups for them. But it all stems from them shooting the ball well at the three-point line. And, and then once people come out or those defenders come out on them, we're, we're driving the ball better than we were earlier in the year. And, and 
and it becomes tough matchups. And, and uh, that's kind of what we had envisioned with those two, or I had, uh, way back in the summer when we started with this group, is how can we get – uh, how can we play offense where Sam McDaniel and Travis Munnings are out on that three-point line and they become tough matchups for the opposing team? We tried numerous things uh, without me going into detail, you know, to get to this point. But that was always kind of my goal with those guys is for them to be facing the basket from the three-point line spread out and, and being tough matchups in that respect. Now, they got to shoot the ball. It all starts with them having to shoot the ball from the three-point line very well, and they have been. And Travis is an example of that, getting player of the week uh, this week. Shot the ball really well in, in uh, these two games, really the last six games. He shot it really – both those guys are in the top ten in conference and three-point field goal percentage. So, you know, you see what I'm talking about there. They're now really fully becoming that that tough matchup, that difficult matchup that we had envisioned them being. Guys won six of the last seven. Uh, the streak continued on Thursday versus Texas Arlington. You told us last week that the Mavericks certainly looked apart, and they certainly did at Van Ewing. We talked about Hervey. The Neal kid seems like he's been around forever, the little feisty guard. When a guy like that is so hot, I think he hit, what, nine of ten on three-pointers. What do you tell your team in terms of trying to defend him? Because he's literally throwing it in from a half court. I know. He, you know, he was 9 of 12 from the three-point line, and a man phenomenal shooting. And he's already, you know, one of the quickest players uh, in the league. And, you know, the only thing we said uh, was to make sure and get a hand up in his face. And we thought at halftime that he had got some threes off where we, we had our hands down, and, and we, you know, just get your hands up and, and try to make it uh, a contested shot. I didn't worry about Neil too much, believe it or not, because I kept my eye on the scoreboard. And we were winning through all this. And, and uh, as you know, and, and so I didn't really want to change anything with us up. You know, we made a run in the last five or six minutes of the first half. We go from down six to up six at half. You know, we we pushed it out to uh, double figures uh, in the second half. So uh, we didn't make any major adjustments on him uh, other than, you know, hey, try to get a hand up in his face. And But it had a lot to do with the scoreboard. The fact that Hervey only had – didn't have a lot of points really helped us, you know. And, and, uh, and, and so as long as we were going to stay ahead and be ahead and play good offense like we were – we really just kind of let it go, and, you know, fortunately it worked out for us. You said something very revealing and very uh, telling in your postgame uh, press conference following that win over Texas Arlington. You're talking about Marvin Jean-Pierre and, of course, his development. He had a huge game, 15 points, 10 rebounds. But he talked about he did little things in practice that kind of perturbed you and that only you and the players on the team would know. But you've come to the point where you kind of overlook him because considering what he brings to the court. Are you mellowing yeah. a little bit, Coach? Absolutely, I'm mellowing. I mean, <laughs> absolutely, it's called it's called older age, and 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 hopefully getting wiser over time. And uh, but uh, it really wasn't in practice. It was it was kind of in games, you know. That just just little things within our game planning and and uh, uh, 
and then also fatigue factor. Uh, you know, some guys can can like like Travis Money can really play through fatigue. You know, mm. Nick Coppola was an Iron Man. You know, he could just play right through it. You know, and and Marvin hasn't been that kind of player. He 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 uh, struggles working through fatigue, and and then sometimes within game planning when he gets you know tired out there he forgets what we're doing and what we're supposed to be doing and and you know i would i, I would take him out and you know let him get some rest and remind him you know we go through all that process and all coaches go through and and with kids at times and but i just decided about a month ago along with this uh this uh, freak we've had or playing better is that you know, he we need him on that floor because he's our best. He's our he's our most athletic guard, mm. and this is an athletic league, a very athletic league. And you better have you some athletes out there. And and so I just decided to kind of live with it a little bit and and watch him work through fatigue and bite my lip a little bit when when he when he doesn't do something that or he loses focus of doing something that we needed to do. Uh, you know, in game planning, and because the, I need the end result more than maybe uh, what I was doing, and uh, and I'm playing him a, he- a lot of minutes now. I mean, heavy, and now you're seeing, you know, uh, him quietly almost getting double doubles and double, you know, double figure rebounds, and and we need that out there. And so it's been kind of a quiet, a quiet uh, unsung hero. Uh, within this last month of us playing better. Texas State was no slouch on Saturday. You guys take care of business. I saw you quoted several times, calling it one of your better wins perhaps of the year. I, I did, and not, not you know, maybe some people or, or others might not agree with me or understand why I would say that. And the reason being, I just know that that, that was a real setup game for us to come out flat and lose. And mm. And, and the way uh, Danny Casper coach, coaches, they're well-coached every year. They're tough. They're physical. All his teams are. They play it close to the vest. They move the ball on offense, you know, 20 times. It was, it was just really a setup game for us to now come out right and, 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 lo- and lose a close one. And so I was worried about it. I, I thought this was a really, really – important important game considering what we've done in the last month and uh and and we came out came out good you know we we fought the fight we didn't necessarily probably play as as good maybe as we did thursday night against uta but we really we really grinded and 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 found a way you know that was kind of our motto for that game find a way to win it doesn't matter in this game it doesn't matter whether it's ugly or pretty or about one or about 20 just find a way get out walk out of here victorious and and i thought we did that and uh and that's a sign of a team you know maturing and 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 understanding the significance of certain games and i was really really happy with our players after saturday's win ulm head basketball coach keith richard joins us on the stewart shelby state farm hotline red hot won six of the last uh seven uh, new challenges this week as you go on the road to take on South Alabama and Troy. What's it going to take for you guys to come back with two wins, Coach? 
Well, another another challenge, big time challenge here uh, Thursday at South Alabama. Uh, you know, we're we're tied with them in the standings, both them and Troy. Uh, they uh, they're six and one at home in in conference play. They're almost and they're one and six on the road. So they're they're two different teams. So the team we played, you know, a month ago is not really the same. Even though it's the same players, it's not really the same team. You run into that from time to time and uh it's a team that plays more energetic at their place they seem to make more shots at their place on and on and on so you know we had to start there with our team and 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 get them to understand that uh uh a month ago is a month ago and and you know this is a new a new week for us and and on and on so that's how we started the week uh and you know Aaron, all four of the games that we have left uh, or important proceeding in the conference tournament. Obviously, we can finish probably anywhere, still anywhere from from maybe third to eleventh, you know. And and so uh, all the work we've done has been great. We're happy about it. Obviously, we, the kids have done a great job. There's more work to do, and uh, you know, going on the road and and winning on the road. Uh, uh, we're gonna have to do some more some more winning to to really move ourselves up the standings. And it all starts with South on Thursday. All right, Coach, finally, and this is a conversation we had a few years ago. It's almost like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. I got a couple of texts here just about you shortening the bench, and I think this is what we discussed during those two 20-win seasons, uh, just putting the best <laughs> lineup out there possible, correct? You know, I, and I'll, I'll say it again. I'm not against. I, I, I'm sure some think that I'm against playing 10 people, you know, or 12 people or, or whatever, and – and I'm not. If if I felt like through practice and through games, if I felt like that that was the best thing for this particular team to do, I would do it. And and but as it's turned out, uh, you know, this particular team, those particular teams you talked about, uh, our best chance to win games uh and it's proven out is to play seven or eight guys that we're doing and so you know there's been a couple of games maybe six and and uh you know i i wish it worked out every year that here here that you know we 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 had uh enough guys sometimes guys are just not ready to help you win you know and it's not just maybe to help to play it's to help you win and that's what the non-conference is for. That's what all the before, you know, you get to this point is for to find out, you know, do you do you have a team that you can play a lot of people and 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 they can help you win doing it. And and so it's a year to year thing, you know. And and uh, and and so this particular team, you know, once again, it's kind of turned out uh, that. Uh, you know, our best chance to win games in the Sun Belt Conference this year right now is to do what we've been doing. And so, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to lose, you know. I'm not trying to – I'm not trying – we're trying to win and figure out how to do it. And, uh, you know, sometimes it just turns out that it's it's not that many guys. And, and I've had teams before, believe it or not. I know somebody probably wouldn't believe me, but I have had teams in my career where I did play 10 guys and that because that was our you know that gave us the best chance or those guys 
10 guys could help us win games. And uh, right now, you know, we're at the kind of the 7-8 mark, and and uh, that's our best chance, and that's what we're going to go with. Coach, as always, we appreciate the time. Good luck on the road this week. Okay, thank you all so much. ULM head coach Keith Richard, you look at uh, the Sunbelt Conference standings, Jake, and, I mean, we look back at this thing literally a month ago, and they what were at the bottom of the yeah. standings. You look at it now, and, of course, they are the hottest team in the conference, and that is even against uh, the Raging Cajuns. The Warhawks have won four straight. ULLL has won uh, three straight. They're still leading the thing at 13-1, and 23-4 overall. Then you have Georgia State at ten and four. Then Georgia Southern at eight and six. And then all of a sudden, there's ULM tied with uh, three others at yeah. seven including, and seven, including South Alabama, yeah. who they'll get to play this weekend, and Troy. Yeah. So I mean, it's another one of those uh, separation kind of weekends for them. And you look at the stretch of games that they've had. I mean, with the the Cajuns and then Georgia State, Georgia Southern. Then last week, what they did to Texas Arlington and Texas State. It's not like they're doing this against the bottom feeders exactly. of the conference. I mean, they're not playing right now Little Rock and Arkansas State. They'll end the season with them. So, I mean, That's <laughs> there's what so has, many positives that come out right. of it. That's what has ULM fans pumped right yeah. now, is the fact that they are proving themselves against the best in the conference. The fans that do come out. The fans that do come out, yes. Uh, reported 1,800 out there uh, last week. So they'll uh, be on the road for two games this week on, and then, of course, come home next week, and hopefully the fans will show up next week as they'll continue to try to keep this thing rolling along. And like I've said countless times, I've said until I'm blue in the face, this is a, t- a fun team to watch. McDaniel and, of course, Money's leading the way. Uh, their style of play and the, their ability to beat you off the bounce and also can spot up and knock down a three-pointer. Absolutely. Let's see if they can continue that hot streak this weekend. All right, let's take a timeout. 888-993-7762. We were guest heavy for the last uh, 45 minutes. Now it's all about you, the listeners. We want to hear from you. 888-993-7762. We're back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, Cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. If an insurance company is there to sell you insurance, shouldn't it also be there to service it? After all, what good is your insurance if you can't even talk to a real person about your policy, let alone receive prompt claim service? Don't worry. At Farm Bureau Insurance, we're here to help with experienced agents, so you never have to worry about who's going to be on the other end of the phone. You know it's going to be your personal Farm Bureau insurance agent with fast, fair claim service where you need it and when you need it most. Call today for your free no-obligation review for auto, home, and life insurance that's custom-tailored just for you. 
This is Tommy Futch. In Union Parish, call me at 368-9757 or see me at 507 Sterlington Road in Farmville. Louisiana Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Louisiana Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Casualty Insurance Company, Southern Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Jackson, Mississippi. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, Jake, what you got? Aaron, do you like saying or getting to say, I told you so? I don't do it. You don't do it. Oh, please. Be honest with me for a minute. Uh, uh, LSU That's... Georgia Saturday. I'll come back on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. You say I told you so any chance you get. <laughs> Just to you. What is, what is more satisfying than that? The answer is nothing. Oh. So, if it sounds like Jake doesn't get to say that very often at I home. I say it. Oh, not at home. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just you just gotta move on. Yeah. Um, ESPN college basketball commentator Dan Dakich. Yeah. I'm probably butchering oh, yeah. his name. He's very outspoken. I'm just gonna very call colorful. Him Dan yeah. the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, he gets to say, "I told you so," okay. and I think he enjoys saying it. So, what did he say that was right? And now uh, others are eating their words. So last month, he reported that Louisville lost its appeal with the NCAA and would have to forfeit the 2013 title and, and repay millions. And <clears throat> at that time, he was shot down by the school. Uh, spokesperson actually called uh, his report pure speculation. And the Cardinals acting athletic director, Vince Tyra, said a couple of weeks later that I was embarrassed for Dan. And then some, actually some Louisville-based media members went after him as well. Huh. So this guy went under fire. He received, you know, some death threats from Louisville fans. You know how that goes. Thankfully, I don't. Well, <laughs> well, you've read about those stories yeah. before. Um, the end result, though, it now appears that what he reported is pretty dang spot on. Now, there is some dispute over the exact dollar figures to be repaid. Uh, but as far as Louisville losing its appeal and taking down the championship banner, that all played out. And so uh, this producer Kyle, I think he runs his own, uh, his own radio show, he says, hey, Louisville Cardinal crazies that cursed and sent hatred at Dan Dakich, thank mm -hmm. you, uh, via phone, Twitter, or email, feel free to call in and apologize today, giving out his uh, radio show. Uh, phone number, and then Dakich retweeted and said, we are waiting. Apologies oh. will be accepted. This is the problem, though. He, he's a very arrogant guy. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen a much more, a much wittier tweet than that, than just, we're waiting. But he still gets a say. And can you really so. pat yourself on the back for pointing out, you know, a situation there at Louisville that was just horrible? Well, he – True, it's a very bad situation, but he did get out ahead of it, and he did face opposition from the school and even the athletic director himself kind of calling him out about that, saying that he was embarrassed for that. So because of all that, it does – it has to feel good to be like, hey, you see how this played out? It's basically what I said was going to happen. No, but now he should handle it with class. He should, but he didn't. No, uh, no. But he enjoys saying, I told you so. Kind of like how you would handle it, Aaron. <laughs> Unless it was with you. And then I, <laughs> every time <laughs> I get an opportunity, oh, yes. I got one up on him right there. That's right. 
Uh, I, I got a hodgepodge of things All in right. this segment. So that was the first thing that I found uh, interesting. The next thing is really kind of sad for, for Pelicans fans because Anthony Davis did an interview over the All-Star break. It just got released yesterday, and I know that com picked it up, where he was talking about you know Boogie's injury and what could have been. And this was his quote here. He says, nobody can stop us as bigs. We could go to the finals if we if we made it to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And he said, Rondo reminds us of it. You guys are the two best bigs. I know what it takes to win championships. We've got it. Uh, so that's an interesting quote from, from Anthony Davis. Now, it's kind of like how you think back on something and you always think it's way better than what it actually was. I think Anthony Davis is suffering from that a little bit um, because – while the Pelicans were on fire, it was – I mean, the time timing of the injury was, was absolutely terrible because they were just now gelling. They were on a tear. They looked to be a force, and it was cool because everybody is going toward the Golden State Warriors brand of basketball where they want to go smaller, they want to shoot the basketball. And the Pelicans went in the opposite direction and said, hey, we're just going to get the two best bigs in the game, and we're going to beat you there. And it was working, and I thought that was cool and, and – some ways it was kind of like turning back the clock, right? Well, it's still – I still don't give them a chance to, or wouldn't have given them a chance to beat the Rockets or the Warriors. Let alone, I mean, there's some other teams that I could have saw them losing to as well. But it was definitely trending in a great mm-hmm. direction. But to sit here and romanticize about that time and say, yeah, we could have been in the finals, that's a bit much. What do you expect him to say, though? I don't – I just – to say that we could have been in the finals. You're just saying it's taking it too far. It's taking it a little bit We could bit have too made far. some noise in the you, postseason. I would have liked to have seen how this would have played out. That's the quote. That's what you need to say in that in that moment. Not to say we could have went to the finals. Dude, you're in the West. You have to go through the Warriors and the Rockets. Let's not – come on. Let's be Pump realistic. the brakes a bit. Pump the brakes, brother. Mm. So that was my, my second takeaway. And then my third one is a little bit of college basketball. How, how many times have we talked about a big college basketball matchup between Auburn and Alabama? Not often. Not often. Uh, so Auburn uh, is is one of the teams that's really battling for number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament. They slipped up recently, but they still have – or still are, what I would say, the best team in the SEC. I think they've proven that throughout the course of the year. Um, they match up with Alabama tonight, an Alabama team that's 17-10 and 10, has one of the best players in the country in Colin Sexton. Um, and they have actually have five wins over top 25 teams. So they're pretty much a, a tournament lock. Um, these two clash tonight in a game that's going to be heavily anticipated, not just by Auburn and Alabama fans, but by fans throughout the country, right? And Alabama actually beat Auburn earlier this year without Colin Sexton. So I know Auburn's going to be looking to get, um, you know, some revenge. But you mentioned Alabama, and uh, they, they were the talk of the college basketball world to start the year, how they were going to make all this right. noise. Has it been a little bit of a disappointment, though, with little the 10 bit. losses? A little bit, but they're kind of Who's like, a better bubble, bubble team right now, LSU oh, or Alabama? It. Alabama, it, it's interesting that you mentioned LSU, though. Alabama's like a, a better form of LSU in the fact that they're inconsistent like LSU. Like some games, they look like, man, they could really make some do some damage in the tournament. Other games, you watch them play, and you're just like, really? What's going on here? So th- that's kind of how I would compare them to LSU. But what? What, do you, what now? Uh, Bob weighs in says, does Jake actually believe what he's saying about LSU basketball? 
I don't think people are hearing me correctly. Is this thing on? Is this? Can you hear me? Is this thing on? Look, LSU, I'm not saying they're going to the NCAA tournament. I'm not saying that. I just wanted to keep pointing out that, hey, it's not. We shouldn't rule it out just yet. There's still a possibility. How many times? I'll probably say that five more times during this show and, and every, every day this week because people just aren't getting that. And it's a nice building block for the future of this program with Will Wade. Absolutely. Yes. Anyway, this is the – Alabama isn't ranked, but the last time these two teams met when they were both ranked inside the top 25, and Alabama's like right outside knocking on the door. It was January 22nd, 1987. Wow. <laughs> so you could argue that this is the biggest game since the, the 80s that these two teams have played. Keep the text coming, 888-993-7762. It's a Stuart Shelby State from Hotline slash Text Line. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. The morning drive on the all-new Sports Talk 97.7 returns after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, King of the Road Car King. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The King of the Road, the King of the Road Car King. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. When people get sick, they need a doctor. When cars get sick, they need Autoplex Automotive. So if your check engine light comes on, you have an electrical problem, need brake work, or just an inspection sticker, they do it all. They're a full-service shop that can perform any BG service and stand behind their work with a parts and labor warranty. They even offer towing service. Autoplex Automotive, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. When your car's sick, call 855-4483. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, let's look back at what was an eventful day in college baseball. A beautiful day uh, yesterday. Uh, what storyline caught your attention? I think we need to start first with the update of Mississippi State and what is taking place there. Uh, it came on yesterday. We had, of course, uh, Brett Hudson on the show from the mm-hmm. Columbia Dispatch uh, breaking down Mississippi State. The time it appeared that, of course, Andy Kenazar was had one foot out the door, was about to be fired in the next hour or two. And that's exactly the way it played out yesterday. Well, now it says resignation, yes. And this this came off the heels. Brett actually reported that the uh, athletic department launched an inv- investigation about 
uh, allegations of Canizero's infidelity. Mm. So then there, you can kind of connect the dots there. Uh, and if you're looking for a lot of real substantial information or facts from this story, good luck. Keep looking. There, there, there's not a lot coming out besides this uh, press release, a statement by the school. In that statement, Canizari said, I had a wonderful opportunity at Mississippi State, but unfortunately I made some poor decisions. I hope Mississippi State University and all the fans and people affected will one day forgive me. Uh, the AD also just issued a statement. Once again, as I said, in a 7 o'clock hour, at some point you're getting paid this paycheck and you got to steer this conversation in a different direction or you certainly want to appear that you're out front of the story. You can't just hide in your office behind your big uh, nameplate. You need to be an actual athletic director or administrator and step up there. And we all understand there are things that you can say and you cannot say, but you still have to go out there and face the wolves and of course try to point this story in a different direction instead now he just leaves his uh, interim head coach and his uh, players out there and say oh by the way they'll be made to available to the media following tonight's game versus jackson state aaron is not a big fan of that who is i did see a different couple different uh, editorials the clarion ledger did an editorial about well done by the ad in terms of being out front uh take, take well he takes this information Cohen takes this information, and he pulls the trigger immediately. Uh, oh, firing the action. Yes. Yeah. Which may be true. That that part is true, but. And we understand that we're not going to know factually all the juicy and dirty details, and I don't know if we really should know those details. But uh, as it moves forward, you still have some questions that need to be answered if you're an athletic director. I just think it's smart on the school's part to, to go ahead and have that press conference and, and get that out of the yeah. way. And therefore, you can bear, you can say, listen, ask me what you want today. I'm not guaranteeing an answer for, for all of your questions, but ask what you want today, and then let's bury it here. Let's let's move on and, and look forward to the baseball season after this. I continue to go back to the situation at Louisiana Tech and Tyler Summit. And, of course, uh, it was an unfortunate circumstance and shed horrible light on the Lady Texters program. But they tried to get out in front of the story and at least to get the message out there and move forward. And once Tommy McClellan met with the media, and then, of course, it moved forward. Right. After games, you weren't asking questions about Tyler Summit anymore. No. There was no reason to. No. That's exactly our point. Yes. So College baseball, though, the biggest news besides that yesterday, and, of course, the games on the field, uh, another tough news, a tough break for LSU baseball when they lose one of their best players for a substantial amount of time. Josh Smith, who was, you know, moved into that shortstop role and started at third base last year, he unfortunately has a stress reaction in his back, and that will put him out from four to six weeks. Uh, so he's out at least a month. And as we heard from Dr. Saul Graves in the 7 o'clock hour, I mean, these stress reactions sometimes can lead to a stress fracture, right. which can lead to substantial time. And even though they're saying he could only be out for perhaps four to six weeks, we don't know. Don't know. Yeah. We, we don't know. It could linger for longer than that. Sh shouldn't rush it either. You don't. Especially, I mean, the good thing is it's the very beginning of the season, so you have time. You know, don't don't rush yourself back into the lineup. And this will help give Hal Hughes, who is a, a really good infielder, uh, some experience. This will force him to go out there and play at a high level. 
uh, early on into the season. And who knows, you know, another injury could happen later on in the year and Hal Hughes could step up and, and go back out there. Or he could he could claim a position from the get-go and, and force someone else to move uh, to DH. You look at Smith, a uh, freshman All-American last year when he started at third. In fact, he started 71 of 72 games at third, hit 281, five home runs, 10 doubles, 52 uh, runs and 48 RBIs this past weekend. Even though he was limited, he still blasted a huge home run that helped lead that charge back on Friday against Notre Dame. And at the time, you're like, well, this is just going to propel LSU to a sweep or perhaps just winning the series. And ultimately, that ended up being the only game they won that series. Yeah. they LSU looked like the inferior team throughout that whole series. I mean, they even looked like the inferior team in that win. They just had two big knocks, one being a grand slam, one being a three-run homer that gave them the victory. Uh, Chris Reed started at third on Sunday for LSU as uh, Jake Slaughter had a, a rough first two games. Maneri did announce yesterday that Slaughter will be back uh, starting at third tonight, the former OCS product. Yeah, I, I'm really rooting for Jake. Hopefully he can come through tonight with a few hits and just get his confidence back. Uh, I think he really needs a big performance tonight. Blake Dean and the Privateers, did they win one or two games? I think they won two. Against LSU I, last year. If I'm recalling correctly, I believe they won two against LSU last mm-hmm. year. LSU struggled in, in the midweek last yeah. year uh, in a lot of games. I mean, they, they lost to Tulane uh, as well. So, you know, people – People were freaking out over that. And actually, uh, Paul Maneri was kind of on a somewhat hot seat, you remember, earlier on in the season. And then, of course, he changed that narrative and went to the College World Series finals against Florida. But, uh, yeah, people were actually unhappy. But sadly, that seat will get, will get back. Uh, get warmer they'll, they'll, they'll turn it I back up, even got, though you take them all the way to the College World Series finals. I don't know. I year. think you have to be, and this is a stretch, you're asking fans to be realistic, but you have to look at this and say, okay, they lost their entire pitching staff. They're not only that, but now that you suffered the Josh Smith injury, it's not an ideal situation. You're playing a lot of young players. You have what 17 new players on the roster. Yeah, you got to be realistic about this. You can't expect them to to go to Omaha this year. Uh, ULM another win last night. They moved to three and one on the year. They take care of business versus Northwestern State, a Demon squad that beat them twice last year. A Demon squad that had come in the Warhawk Field and won five of the previous six matchups. Heck, ULM, it is only three wins, but you know what? That is literally a fourth of the win total that they had last year, and they're just four games into the season. Uh, They did it in different ways uh, last night. They only bang out six hits, but uh, that did produce 11 runs for. Yeah, and Peyton Lacoste, who actually had a walk-off last week in in the opening series, went two for four in this game as well. So he's continued to be uh, dynamite at, at the plate. Uh, a couple of different storylines. You mentioned Lacoste uh, coming in with that home run late. Also, uh, Cole Hendricks uh, came in to pitch. He, he lost his mother a, a few weeks ago. He's from Ala, played at, at LaSalle. Uh, I want to read you just a portion of what his father posted on Facebook, if I can get through it, just what the last uh, month has been like for his family. Uh, Cole's father posted this uh when tessa was diagnosed speaking of uh, his wife was diagnosed in october of 2017 coach federico had been on the job not long but was one of the first ones to the hospital offer his services in any way he could this was my first time to meet the coach and man and boy did he make an awesome impression on me he went on to tell me that he would do whatever it took whatever it would take to take care of cole and that we were family, and Cole had his Warhawk brothers to rely on. 
He told me that the whole team would be praying for us and that they would always be there for us. So we got busy with Tessa's journey. Whenever Cole would want to be with us, Coach Federico supported Cole 100% and offered him the support he needed. As Tessa passed on and went to be with the Lord, Coach Federico reached out to me and expressed his condolences and told me not to worry about Cole because they would take care of him. He also told me that they would be at the funeral. Not to say that I didn't believe him. I just thought that maybe he, that maybe himself and a few of the staff would come. On the day of the funeral, all the team and the coaching staff showed up to pay the respects. It's not just that they showed up. It was the way that they carried themselves. Uh, the post goes on, but uh, just uh, an outpouring of love. And, of course, uh, the ULM family supporting uh, Cole Hendricks and his family in just a, a horrible time. Cole on the mound last night came in and did a, a solid, if not great, job. And you could just see the reaction from his teammates, what that meant to see him back on the field and, of course, who he was pitching for. So cool. I mean, that's a that's a, a heartwarming story right there. And the fact that Federico stepped up and, like you said, he's, he was just on the job, like just started his job. And to, to reach out to uh, his player's dad and then to to give him the promise that the whole team will come and to actually fulfill that promise is really good stuff. Uh, also, uh, yesterday, Grambling uh, takes care of business against uh, Wiley. 15-5 to five in the first game, uh, Richard Ortiz had three home runs. And then in the uh, second one, uh, they went in a squeaker 6-5. to five. So Grambling now picks up three wins on the year. All right, uh, I got sidetracked there. We do have this audio ready. Uh, Nick White sent this in to me. He had an opportunity to uh, discuss uh, the situation with Cole Hendricks with uh, Michael Federico following the game. Here's Federico's response on seeing Cole Hendricks back on the mound. All right, Coach, uh, nice start, nice win here today over a, a midweek foe, in-state foe in Northwestern State. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Northwestern State, Coach Barbier does a great job, and, uh, you know, he's kind of in that building process a little bit like we are. Uh, had a lot of new faces that we didn't know a whole lot of information about. Their starter didn't really have anything on him, and I think for their hitters, we didn't really know anything about. Uh, so, you know, I, th I think, you know, Coach Crawford did a great job with, with the scouting report, with, with the limited information that we had with that. Um, you know, we didn't win the hit column, like I've told you before, but that's not something that we worry about a whole lot. Coach Collins, uh, you know, harps about taking some walks and had some hit batsmen and some things like that that we moved some runners ahead, and then we got to hit when we needed to. Um, they, we took advantage of some of their mistakes with the pass balls. And, um, you know, Chad Bell had a, had a ball in dirt early in the game that was huge. Um, you know, Miles Dunn com comes into that damage control inning right there. And, uh, you know, we had a couple things with uh, Beal. I mean, guy gives up a leadoff triple, really. I mean, it was a single that, you know, Barrett goes, goes and dies for, but gives up, gives up just the one run in the right. first inning. And then uh, the second inning uh, gives up the leadoff guy, gets on as well, and hangs a zero. So, um, you know, I was proud of our guys with, with the, uh, you know, the answer back and uh, the hold innings when we needed to and, uh, you know, put us in a situation there. And then, of course, Lacoste had the big big home run there at the end that kind of just put the game out of, out, of, uh, out of reach right there. Yeah, another area, Martin uh, you know, didn't do himself any favors. He loaded the bases, hitting a batter, uh, you know, got it, had, had an error and then uh, walked. But then he came back. And uh, got a strikeout, a strikeout, and a flyout. You know that that was a big moment of that ball game, up by three, and then obviously got the insurance runs in the bottom half of the inning. Yeah, give give Derek credit. You know, and I think that's the neat thing about him is he's an older guy. He's been in these moments quite a bit. He's had a tough career. 
with some injuries and things like that. But, you know, we kind of call him the old man, um, you know, in, in between the pitching staff because he's been through so many things. He's watched so many games. But you never saw him panic or anything like that. And I think that's a tribute to him and, uh, you know, his belief in what he was doing. And then, of course, we, you know, uh, we did make the error there, but he just and then just went back right in there and gets the two strikeouts, and then I think the last out was a pop up, right, right. like you said, fly, so. out, fly out to right yeah. field, uh, and then uh, you know we kind of thought the way the wind was blowing tonight might see a few more fly out of the yard, but. Uh, that one by Lacoste, boy, got out of here in a hurry. It was a no-doubter off his bat. Yeah, you know, Coach Collins put the hit-and-run sign on right there, runners at first and second, because uh, we wanted to keep keep him out of the double play. Uh, no offense to Peyton, but he's not the, the you know, the swiftest of Yeah, we of saw feet. that. We saw that at uh, home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we, we were trying to put some runners in motion to try to get the defense to move around a little bit uh, to give him a hole, and un- the hole he hit was – you know, in the yeah, in the dumpster out there knocked, somewhere. Yeah, dumpster yeah, or knocked so, a window out of yeah, a car exactly, or something back there. Exactly. So, you know, it was, it was good to, you know, put those guys in motion. We, we knew we, we had to trust in, in, um, in Peyton that he, he put the ball in play right there. And like I said, we're trying to get the defense to kind of be out of whack so we could try to steal a run right there. And he just he, he whacked it. So it was, it was fun to see. I got one more guy that I got to bring up, and that's Cole Hendricks. And you told me before you wanted to get into some innings. It wasn't – didn't matter if that kid if he gave up 10 runs tonight just with the loss of his mom it was just good to see him out there on the field and know this whole team has rallied around him and it was just good I mean I got chills and he just came out there to go to the mound tonight yeah I just got chills when you said his name too uh you know the dugout was was pretty emotional in there everybody was really excited they were on the top rail uh not only has he had to deal with the death of his mother but uh you know he's coming off of a, of a Tommy John injury right. too so I mean you know he's had to fight through a, a lot of things um but what what great life lessons to learn at, at a young age and uh you know i saw his dad in the stands and i know he was excited um i know the, the whole town of columbia will be excited that you know he got out there and i know it was emotional but uh, you know he handled a pretty pretty big inning there too yep. um, and, and got out of it as well so um I, you know his mom's definitely looking down and he's on track to graduate which i'm so excited about and uh you know he just got engaged so there's there's a lot of positive things in his life that he has going on too even though he's having to fight through some some negative things as well but uh his mom's in, in heaven above and we don't have to worry about that that's right we're excited to see him out there finally uh, this weekend four games northern kentucky i don't know a lot about him I know this game was this series was scheduled, I believe, before you got here, if I'm Correct. not mistaken. Uh, what do you know about them coming in here this weekend? Yeah, they lost a game mid uh, over the weekend. They were supposed to play a four-game set with East Tennessee State. Uh, don't know a ton. We've, we've gotten a little bit of information on them. Uh, you know, they're 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 kind of some big swing guys from what we've seen, um, but we don't have a whole lot of information on the, on their arms because they got some JUCO transfers in. So, uh, you know, we'll we'll keep gathering information. I, I believe they play a game again tonight, and we'll get some information from who they're playing. And uh, you know, we got a long weekend, and the weather's going to be an issue as well. well that's so. what I was going to add. All right, there's Michael Federico. Uh, he got the whole post-game press conference there. But uh, the one part, uh, the Cole Hendricks storyline, and, of course, uh, Coach Federico handled it extremely well. Uh, thoughts and prayers go out to that family. Absolutely. Let's, call, let's do a timeout. Coming up next, our parting shots on the morning drive. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, King of the Road Car King We treat you like royalty We 
earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. The Morning Drive, sponsored by BOR. Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe. Your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe. Or call us at 812-BANK. BOR, we are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Music runs deep. With the birthplace of the blues, the father of country music, and the king of rock and roll. Adventure runs deep. On endless acres of woods, water, and wildlife. History runs deep. From civil war to civil rights to space exploration. Mississippi runs deep. So dive in deep. Plan your Mississippi experience today at visitmississippi.org. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Jake, are you going to bring it stronger this parting shot than you did for the Olympic Minute slash moment? You didn't like my Olympic Minute? This, this, was it my weakest Olympic Minute yet? <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I don't think it'll get you on the stand. No medal. A <laughs> uh, hockey update. A disappointing performance, right? That's what it was all about. Yeah. Are you asking me to repeat it? No, because not, certainly not. I clearly read that from a website and did not actually watch the uh, game. You tried to attribute it. it. Yeah, I halfway attributed it, yeah. Please, watch a little bit tonight, man. Watch what? A little Olympics. Like you're going to watch some Olympics. I think I may have a little opportunity tonight. You would rather watch baseball, and so would I. All right. And so would most people listening to this. That right sounds now. like a parting shot. I deal in reality, Dietrich. I don't deal in some some hair-highlighted, guy-fieri, wannabe fantasy land. That's the most negative statement that I hear from fans and media ever. So I'd really rather not have any more questions about, is it okay to lose this game? It's never okay to lose a game. Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh, I was told that you won. I'm sorry. Okay, sans français, s'il vous all right, let's talk about a business decisions because you are just a businessman, Jake. That's that's what people refer to so, me as. So uh, Fox, uh, what, forked over for Thursday Night Football for the next five years an estimated uh, $550 million per year. Chump change, yeah. Uh, we talk about the declining ratings in the NFL, but people are still watching, of course, the National Football League. Whether or not this was a good decision or not for Thursday Night Football, but they're dipping into their pocketbooks and writing this big check. So now it appears to make their Thursday night games more attractive. They're literally going to steal from uh, Sunday night football. Well, Sunday afternoon football. So I saw this, and I have questions about this, okay. questions you might not be able to answer. But okay. what is – so let's look at this. 
how can they flip or, or move their Sunday afternoon games to Thursday night when the league – I thought the league was in charge of that to try to make it as fair as possible for every team. Yes, but the league also knows that they just pocketed $550 million per year for five years from Fox, so they got to justify and say, hey, well, you so, are getting a little bang back for your buck. Okay, so – there are certain teams that are more marketable yeah. than others, correct? Yeah. So are you going to have the Cowboys on there four times a year? You no, think they're going to go for that? It's not allowed, but. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like how, how many, I guess you just try to make better matchups, but that's kind of like Monday Night Football where, you know, before before the season you'll look at a matchup and go, yeah, that could be a good one. And then by the time the game gets there, it's, it's worthless. It's not even. But it was weird how it kind of worked this year. It seemed like week in and week out, Thursday night games were pretty darn entertaining. And yeah. then, of course, you continue to have the players week in and week out complaining, complaining about, about, hey, uh, this was not enough time between games. They're requiring us to play like the Saints did. Didn't they have like a late Sunday game then had to turn around and play on a Thursday? Yeah. I just don't see how you're going to make this more attractive. I just don't see how unless you're able to take those – uh, more marketable teams and play them on Thursday night more, which we know is not feasible. It's not possible. So I think that's a pipe dream from Fox. I think that's a bunch of uh, hot air, hmm. to be honest with you. So you don't think they'd be willing to sacrifice one of their big or two Sunday late you, games Aaron, to move it to Thursday? It's usually their afternoon games are either the Cowboys or the Packers yeah. or a team like that. I mean, you can't play them every th- – that's why those are on Sunday afternoon because people want to see – those teams, those are the more marketable teams. I just don't see how that's going to work. But fortunately for them, you throw in the likes of Philadelphia now and the way the Rams are playing. Okay, so four teams. You want to <laughs> just rotate those four teams? And I wouldn't call the Rams marketable. Uh, that's a large TV market. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's going to the games to watch. Yeah, but. exactly. Exactly. All right, what you got? I got just two little notes here. One being Louisiana Tech baseball. Uh, we mentioned that they got the 5-1 to one win against McNeese last night. With that great pitching performance, I will say that – I hope my math's correct. Mm-hmm. But that's nine runs in 47 innings. Wow. Nine runs in 47 innings. That's a heck of a start to the season for Louisiana Tech's pitching staff. That's one note. My other note is Jarvis Landry received the franchise tag from the Miami Dolphins yesterday. Uh, so he'll be guaranteed $16 million. This was an interesting stat that I did not know. Only Antonio Brown – and Julio Jones recorded more receptions since Jarvis Landry entered the league in 2014. Hmm. Pretty, pretty good stuff. He's done well for himself after leaving LSU. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the parting shots. They never stop. Uh, we want to thank us all, Grace, for joining us for our doctor's segment, Brooks Store and Keith Richard. Coming up tomorrow for sure, we got – I probably jinxed ourselves there – we should have uh, the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, for his weekly visit at 8 o'clock. What are we doing on this top 10 Thursday thing? <laughs> what have the listeners voted on? The listeners decide? voted on college basketball traditions. So you like, got 10 of them. What does that mean? Yeah, I can okay. get 10. This will be better than you know your worst radio call. Ooh, I don't know. I, we, did, we did make a decent segment out of that, but we've got more to work with here. Perhaps, but not uh, how will it audio translate? wise. Oh, how, some, how does that translate? Good audio. There's some good chance, like Maryland, you suck, and that's <laughs> good. In Kansas, a lot of the directed toward you, Aaron, and in Kansas, uh, <laughs> Rock Chalk Jayhawk. That's always, you know, that always gives me chills when I hear it. All right, uh, that's coming up tomorrow. That's quite a tease. Yeah.
Uh, good job on the board today, John Tabor. Everybody have a fabulous day. We'll yell at you bright and early tomorrow morning. The Edge is coming up next. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.